This is an audio version of the 24th annual DICE Awards Roundtable Series. To watch the video of this episode, please visit youtube.com slash official AIAS. Brought to you by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, this is the award celebration by game makers for game makers, honoring the games that connect players around the globe. No matter where we come from or what our interests, video games bring us together. We gather here to honor our fellow creators and the very best of interactive entertainment. Welcome to the 24th annual DICE Awards. I'm here with the nominees for Outstanding Achievement in Animation. Welcome to the 24th annual DICE Awards Developer Discussions. We are here and super fortunate to bring this group together of nominees so that we can, for the first time ever, have them all hang out and talk about the work that they do. Before we do that, let's start with some introductions. From Final Fantasy VII Remake, Soma-san, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Uh, my name is Soma Yoshiyuki. I am the animation director from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Awesome. Can you please give the folks at home a little bit of uh, information about yourself as well? えっと、ファイナルファンタジー Yes, um, let me tell you a little bit about what I did on the title. Um, I am the animation director, so I had supervised the different uh, character animations as well as um, reviewing um, many of the assets that uh, were um, used in-game. Uh, next up, we have from The Last of Us 2, we have Jeremy Yates and Almudena Soria Sancho. How are you both doing today? We're good. Good. Awesome, awesome. Jeremy, give us a little bit of info about the work that you've done in this space as well. Uh, well, I'm Jeremy Yates. I'm the animation director at Naughty Dog. I've been here for about 19 years. Uh, and on Last of Us Part Two, I co-led with Almadena, uh, the interactive teams. And uh, we, we, we basically oversee anything, anything interactive uh, that, that moves in the game. Uh, so we have a number of different disciplines that we work with. Uh, from gameplay to what we call our in-game in cinematics. Uh, so we kind of cover across that board. Oh, well, Dana, can you share a little bit of your information as well for the folks at home? Yeah, uh, my name is Almudena Soria and I'm a lead animator at Naughty Dog. Uh, we co-led uh, The Last of Us Part Two, and it, exactly what Jeremy said, um, I've been doing this for over 20 years and it's my passion. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here, both of you. Excited to chat in a second. Uh, for Miles Morales, we have James Ham. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk to you. Give the folks at home a little info about the work you've done in this space as well. So my name is James Ham. Um, I was a senior animator on Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. And a lot of the things I did on the project was bringing Miles to life through traversal and combat as well as some of the mission cinematics and helping lead that team to bring character of Miles to life. Perfect, perfect. Excited to talk to you as well. And from Ori and the Will of the Wisps, we have Jim Donovan. How are you doing, Jim? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm excited to talk to you about the work you've been doing and, and give the folks at home a little info about the work you've done in the space as well. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I've been working on Ori and the Will of the Wisps for, uh, I started like three and a half years ago as the cinematic lead. 
And um, unfortunately, Warren Goff isn't here. He was the gameplay lead, but uh, we led a very small team, um, small group of animators and kind of helped out each other. I did some gameplay. He's done some cinematics. Um, it's been a really exciting project and we're super proud with how it turned out. Super, super cool. And to round out our group, we have from Spearfarer, Alexander Boyer. How are you doing, Alexander? Uh, doing good. Uh, it's very nice to meet uh, all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Give the folks at home a little info about yourself as well. Uh, yes, I'm uh, Alexandre, Alexandre Boyer, um, animation director on uh, Spiritfarer, along with the two others uh, animators, Simon Nakauchi Pelsi and Mathieu Chaquet. We uh, did uh, the, all the animation on uh, Spiritfarer, and it was uh, the most uh, enjoyable and uh, meaningful uh, project that I had the chance to work on. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Awesome, awesome. Well, super excited to have you all here and to talk about all the wonderful games for our category today. Uh, the first question is going to be an open-ended one for, for all of you to, to kind of jump in on. Um, each of the titles nominated here is so unique and, and accomplished in terms of the animation. Um, I'd like for each of you to tell me a little bit about how you developed and landed on the style of animation that makes your game unique. Um, I'll first ask that of Soma-san. はい、お願いします。はい、えっと、そうですね、あの、FF7 なんか、みんなの中にこう根付いてるとか、そういうところがまず、あの、前提として、あの、出発点として大きく違うところ、え、だったんですけれども、これなんか一気に喋っちゃって大丈夫ですかね。はい。全部、はい。で、その、そこ
and not being just a, a straight up reprinting of it, but still bring uh, an, an element that is new and refreshing and something that is moving to our players as well. So I think that's what sets us apart in the way we try to approach the animation. Thank you so much, son, for your answer. I appreciate that. Um, Jeremy and Almudena, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well about, you know, how, about how the, um, the kind of animation style has come, come across uh, for all of you at Last of Us 2 as well. Sure. I mean, it, with Last of Us 2, we really kind of a goal that we had is to really push the realism and the believability of the characters. Uh, you know, previous titles like Uncharted was a, was much more kind of big and over the top. And Last of Us was a lot more about character and about um, really kind of exploring kind of deep emotions. And uh, so for us, you know, really kind of pushing the the grounded, groundedness and the realism of the animation was a big goal that we had. And realistic animation, especially realistic interactive animation presents kind of all new challenges. Uh, everything is exponentially harder, at least to, you know, in our experience. Um, when, when something's not perfect, it's more noticeable, it stands out. And so it, it just presents just incredible challenges to just, you know, really kind of like work out all these details in, in areas that like probably are completely overlooked by the audience. They don't even realize how much work went into making it so that you don't notice it. Uh, and so that's something that, that um, was, was a big part of the style. And there was, there's so many, um, there's so much kind of work that went behind uh, kind of following that. Amadena, do you have anything to share to that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also like that style benefits the story, like to just uh, make the players immerse and, and make sure they identify with, with the characters they're playing. But it also creates a, like a huge challenge uh, with design where like you have all these grounded animations, all the realistic style, but you still have to marry it with like the, in, the design and the responsiveness. So. With that, we have to come up with so many new systems to achieve that, uh, where a board frames or making it shorter and faster would just cut it. Uh, it was more like, okay, let's just develop weapon manipulation would be this example where you're on holster a weapon or holster another one, just making sure everything is responsive, but uh, grounded and believable. Um, you know, the, the new facial system we developed as well, just to create uh, infinite almost emotions uh, per line uh, that was typed manually, you know, AI trying to look more smart, that, that just, um, it's just a lot of assets, a lot of animation, but also needs to be authored, like Jeremy was saying, like in a very particular way, so it doesn't um, stand out as not ground. I, I, I love hearing that the way you all kind of incorporated that together, that makes a, a lot of sense of hearing how the systems kind of talk to each other in that way. Uh, James, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this too. You know, Miles has a a very unique style that that he brings to the table uh, for multiple reasons. I'd love to hear you know some of your thoughts about you know what were some of the kind of very unique and and, and special things you kind of did for for his character. So when when bringing Miles to life, we already had this established world from the first Marvel Spider-Man, and you got to see Pete kind of swing around the city. And starting from that, uh, we wanted to make sure that Miles felt authentic and felt different from Peter. And 
bringing in this character that isn't as experienced just creates a new a new style of animation that a lot of times we don't see in games where the character feels inexperienced and through his actions through gameplay and through cinematics you you can feel the sense of him trying to learn as he goes and feeling the insecurities whether he's doing a venom punch and he has the reaction that it that it affects him it hurts his hand when he does these things and from the swinging to from the swinging with him being able to express himself with the amount of tricks that he does uh we wanted that to be an extension of the player as they're learning who miles is they're also learning themselves how to express themselves through swinging and how to express themselves through combat and really bring a moment of joy in such a hard year i felt like was really important for miles to to have people be able to get some freedom in a game and in a way that a lot of people feel like they are the hero they are this character and they they really truly put themselves into this character that's that feels like he's doing the right thing, but also going on this journey to learn who, who he is as a hero and learning who he is as Miles, the character. Yeah, it, it, it feels it feels like all of that came through really, really well in, in kind of some of the even small, you know, idle animations that you put in for, for him in the game. It felt like you're really kind of pulling the flavor of him and New York together to do that really, really well, which I thought was was fantastic. Uh, Jim, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well uh, about this and how you kind of incorporated, you know, that into Ori. Uh, you know, Ori has this very, very unique style to it. And, and you know, you even have to be kind of more intricate in the way you do it because of the size of Ori on screen in some ways. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about, you know, how you kind of have, you know, plucked in and put in some some fantastic animation thought behind, you know, how you want that character to animate. Yeah, um, yeah, I really need to give a shout out to James Benson, who was the animator on the original Ori and really helped kind of define the style and like give us a baseline to work from. Um, we really try to push like the squash and stretch throughout the game. And it's not, squash and stretch isn't something that you see in a lot of video games. And I think part of that is because it's really difficult to do because you need to be able to, you want it to feel the game to feel responsive and you want to be able to have smooth blends and transitions and if the characters in like a crazy stretch pose, it's, it's complicated to do. But I think Ori as a character is like a really good design for that because it's, it's a simple, it's a simple design. It's kind of like a big head, pear-shaped body, long ears, long tail, and it's got springy legs. So even though it's a small character on screen with these springy legs and this the ability to scale the rig, we can really um, get some dynamic poses and some really good squash and stretch out of them. Um, and then also having like tons of overlapping action in the ears and tails. And, and our, our mentality, like our philosophy there is really to think of the characters, um, like really think of the shape of Ori, like rather than like, don't think so much about the form, but it's almost like a motion graphics mentality. Like this is a character that can pop up into the air and turn into a little ball and spin around and then like slam on the ground and turn into a pancake and bounce back up. And uh, I think just having that approach where like just go for cool exaggerated timing and spacing and go for like big exaggerated poses um, and just kind of started with Ori and just, carry that across our npcs and, and bosses and all that stuff alexander i'd love to hear your your thoughts on this as well i think that there are very very special parts of spirit fire that that come across because of the animation i'd love to hear you know philosophy of, of how you all kind of got to that point 
Yeah, well, Spiritfarer is a special project because on the surface, it's very colorful and uh, cartoony. But uh, the team underneath it, it is more serious. Um, so we had to find the right balance in uh, like doing the same thing with the animation where we can be really uh, snappy and uh, over the top, but also um, be able to uh, communicate uh, the more uh, subtle uh, expressions and the emotions that we wanted to uh, to convey to the to the players. Awesome, awesome! I love that. Um, so, my son, I'd love to ask you. You know, it's it's often a difficult task to recreate such a beloved character and a beloved cast for you know new fans. You know, what challenges did you and the team face bringing Cloud and company to life for this newer generation? So, this is the original PS PlayStation 1 そう、本当にあの、今見るとあの、すごい、あの、ものすごいものがあったと思うんですね。あの、なんですかね、新しい新鮮さというのはない、ないと思うんで、ま、今回のあの、え、今の現代の表現の中で、ま、あの、こう、さらにその、え、新鮮な驚きっていうのを加えるために、その、ま、ちょっと、ま、目指した
uh, a bit old, um, people still had a very strong um, impression of the characters that they played with, um, even after 20 years since the original. And and perhaps some people have had like um, their memories sort of ingrained in them in their minds um, and kind of grew from there to a more beautiful sort of recollection of, of what they had played in the past. So we wanted to make sure that we referenced how these characters looked originally. Um, and of course, if we use them as is, it wouldn't provide the sort of new kind of refreshing feeling. So um, we tried to bring that to um, our more modern standards in how we draw these characters and provide that sort of new kind of um, surprise element to our players. So um, we tried to aim for not fully photorealistic, but um, of course they, they are more realistic compared to the original um, in their sort of proportions as well as um, how the characters are depicted. But we went for a slightly more anime kind of look. Um, if photorealism is considered 3.0 um this would be like 2.5 or 2.8 like almost there but not quite fully um completely photorealistic um kind of merging that sort of original look with uh, a more grounded real kind of look so i hope that answers your question no thank you that that totally answered the question for sure um I'm curious, Jeremy, I'd love to even kind of piggyback off of that answer and and talk about the kind of evolution of a character's animation design. You know, from from the first game, you know, there was a kind of core set of of, of things that these characters were kind of able to do. Uh, You know, how how does evolution kind of work when it comes to, you know, running from, you know, uh, the first game in a series to the sequel? Do you feel like you're kind of starting from scratch or are you kind of looking back at the first game for inspiration and then building off of that to kind of find out where the the good the good spaces can be for for new and innovative ways to kind of you know bring that character to life sure yeah it's, it's a great question i mean it's it's uh to to follow up a sequel and a sequel that had such a big fan base it's it's so such a challenge to figure out like where you can completely change things and where you really need to kind of stick with um what the what the fans really loved about it um for the animation specifically you know what the industry is is constantly evolving and we're constantly learning new things and learning new techniques in how we can do this and uh, you know, we, we see improvements vastly in character model and poly count and lighting and everything like, like everything around the animation is constantly growing and becoming more and more realistic. And so it's important to, for the animation to continue to evolve, to, to work with it. Otherwise, you know, again, it stands out. Um, so everything gets exponentially more difficult and and more detail in a sense you know just a small example uh in uh last of us one joel is kind of scavenging is a, is a huge thing and you know and opening drawers and cabinets and all that kind of stuff was was just kind of a you know a part of the gameplay uh and you could achieve that with a small number of animations before where we would just kind of line the character up to the environment and play an animation, wait for it to exit, 
and then you you kind of go out. But uh, our our animators on this project wanted to kind of take that to a new level and give even more control over the character so that it feels uh, so you never feel kind of locked in. And so just a simple act of opening a drawer or cabinet took hundreds of animations to do uh, to just get every angle and to just get it so that so that you you never feel locked in and that you feel completely natural, just kind of like walk past, grab something, line up with everything so that you don't have like these Jedi things, you know, snapping to the hands. Like, so just everything kind of like, <laughs> like works the way that you would expect it to and flow the way you expect it to. But it's one of those things that it's just like, it's so hard when you're playing to fully appreciate what went into it, it just feels right. And, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the reward for us is like the main goal. And Almadena kind of talked about this too, is that uh, we had these two part goals of one to make it look realistic, but to feel to not in any way compromise how it feels that those two things are like opposing problems and and they make it exponentially harder to do both at once and so that was kind of a huge challenge for us yeah it sounds like the the balance of trying to you know continue to have that nuanced kind of kind of small ticks that wind up happening within the body kind of be represented you know visually enough so that the, the player can kind of pick up on that was super important was it was it you know, and I'm sure that was all extremely challenging to, to, to be able to do that. Um, you know, what are some of the kind of parts that you are most proud of when it comes to that part, Jeremy? And then I'll ask Almudena to kind of, you know, sure. book in uh, that as well. I mean, there's, you know, you could look at every single little thing and that, and there's a story behind each one of them. Uh, the, a huge change for us in the studio was to embrace uh, motion matching. And that's been this thing that's just been kind of starting in the industry and, uh, and, and just kind of a you know, quick rundown of what it is, is it's this completely different way of triggering animation uh, in game. And it's, it automatically pieces together bits of animation from this big pool of animation data. And what you get is this near, very natural looking motion where the character, like each, each foot plants and pivots in this way that we'd never seen before in, in games. And that was definitely something that, that we of course wanted to, wanted to do and try. And it, it probably should have came with this giant warning level of how difficult it would be to, to, to do this. Uh, we got the system up and running within a few months and, and got characters moving in the game. And we thought like, okay, we have a basic idea of how this works, but uh, to be able to it, it requires that like you you harness all of this animation data and and these systems to to work in a way that works the way that you would predict it uh, and to to solve some of the the bugs and pops and little glitches and things that you would have and again any single one of those things kind of ruin the whole experience like they they make they make the animation stand out and so we really had to kind of like um, refine all those and that process went from three months of development to like two years with our top people really working on trying to solve this this problem for our studio and now after kind of going through that journey and after developing tools for our animators and really just developing a better understanding of how it works like all the tech that went behind it 
like now we finally feel like like we kind of understand it and you know it'd be easier <laughs> to do it moving forward but getting there was a huge journey for us um well then i'd love to hear really quickly you know what was one of the things you were kind of most most proud of that you were able to kind of accomplish yeah first of all just being able to finish it uh, that was a a big accomplishment uh the second one is like how proud i am of seeing um the challenge of like realistic and responsive being achieved and one proof of that is like when you see some videos online of like what people are able to do like throw a bottle pick up a bottle while running then i like stun the enemy mid shield clicker guns and like get them out of the hands like things that we've never thought people could do is just amazing so that kind of makes me really proud of you know we made this grounded game with this grounded animation realistic but people like gamers are really having fun with it and exploring um, all that so uh, that's kind of one of my main takes the animation served the purpose of the story and the gameplay at the same time yeah i love that james i'm curious you kind of touched on it a little bit before about the you know telling the story of miles through his his animation and his web swinging and kind of showing his novice novice ability kind of coming through. I, I very much remember, you know, one of the first animations that I saw that that really kind of blew me away was him swinging and then flailing through the air, not knowing where he was going to kind of go. Uh, you know, talk a little bit uh, really quickly about, you know, how you kind of kind of achieved those parts of it, kind of, you know, linking those things together to make that character feel both, you know, super powerful, but also you know, showing that he was kind of learning how to use his powers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was one of the first things that we wanted to tackle with with starting this and making sure that he felt different from Peter because in the world, Peter's uh, really experienced, you know, from the first game. And with Miles, with him being fresh into this, we wanted something to show that he's new, but he wants to throw his body out there. And we took a lot of our personal experiences of doing parkour and filming ourselves and looking at, looking at inspiration from indoor skydiving even just to just to get a feel for how is miles going to feel throughout all of this and one of the things that i really wanted to push from that we really wanted to push for miles was the feeling of get comfortable being uncomfortable and that was kind of the starting point for his him being able to fall in his reverse style where he's in this awkward position but finding a way for him to swing out of it how would that look how would that feel and with that uh more problems arose and trying to find transitions <laughs> out of everything, trying to find transitions if you are swinging, if you press X, if you uh, want to go fight someone, how does he get out of this, this, awkward, this awkward position that he's in and he finds his own way to do that. And I think creating, we created so many transitions between that and then when it came to tricks, it was the same thing of creating this, this, this free flowing way to have tricks uh, from the last game where in the last game, it felt like I think we had like six tricks or so to now upping it to 30 tricks and then also having each trick have custom swings out of them to really express yourself. That way it feels like it's a continuous flow throughout the traversal, throughout going from trick to swing to trick and back and forth, as well as other characters uh, introducing Haley, who was our ASL character and bringing that to life and seeing that representation in that seeing how Miles communicates with her and the fact that he knows it, it, it just felt like we were showing not only through storytelling um, narratively, but also through the animation, how we can show different representations for 
for ASL and for people of color and show the uh, an authentic authenticity to it where Miles has this little pep in his step and he's he may not be used to doing things a certain way but through kind of throwing himself out there and giving it a chance he kind of finds himself in all of the animations and we did that for the finishers where you may see him kick somebody and instead of landing on his feet he falls and he gets back up and it shows that determination that he has but it also still shows that inexperience that comes along with it and like just just building on that and having in our mind a lot of the times was we've seen spider-man do these actions plenty of times there's so many there's so many forms of media where we've seen spider-man use his webs and jump super high and stuff but then adding that extra layer of how would miles go about doing this action and then how would he get out of this action it just added the extra layer to bring personality to every action that you see him do in the game as well as show his his personality throughout these actions mm. I, I love that thank you for sharing that as well um alexander i'd love to to, to ask you really quickly you know spirit fairies has this kind of gorgeous animation style that feels you know fairly reminiscent or very reminiscent of even studio ghibli you know and and other animated works in, in that space you know could you talk a little bit about the studios and inspirations on kind of how and how that kind of affected the game and how that kind of infused itself within it uh yes well in terms of animation uh, we try to go with what comes uh, to us naturally and that is informed by so many things uh, that inspired us throughout the years, like uh, Ghibli, of course, a lot of uh, movies, comics, uh, video games, uh, both 3D and 2D. Um, if we're speaking about the process through which we make our animations, although, uh, although we do some traditional frame-by-frame -frame animation, we also use tools like 2D rigs and deformers to help our animation production. In that sense, we're more inspired by TV shows like uh, Ilda uh, on Netflix uh, than uh, classical uh, 2D animated works uh, like Ghibli and uh, Disney uh, used to do. That's fantastic. I, I, that's that's a great that's a great poll to, to be able to you know remember that 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 show and and see that that was a connected part for you. Um, Jim, I'm I'm curious about your animation style, especially about you now. You know, how does it kind of you know start? Does it start in service of the story? Uh, does it kind of already come from, you know, you know, parts of the overall visual approach? You know, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, the creative process and, and how you have all kind of gone about the animation there. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it starts um, in service of the story for sure. Um, I mean, there's definitely a certain tone that we're trying to achieve. And I think, um, I think like the, the essence of being an animator is like having an emotional change for like the viewer whether it's a film or a video game and it might be as simple as um like making someone laugh or giggle or maybe or making someone cry would be like like the ultimate achievement because it's to take something that's nothing and actually like make someone feel something when they're watching it i think is um a big accomplishment and i think with ori like there is this this sad tone there, there's you know there's happy moments it's kind of this fairy tale like magical world this fantasy world um but there's also some really dark like sinister tones and like people play this game and they uh they like they actually cry like i mean i animated some messed up stuff in that game for being such like a <laughs> <laughs> such a happy little world so i think um yeah it starts with it starts with uh yeah the story and you just kind of you go for this you know this the theme itself is pretty dark and um the animation kind of builds on that like from from a cinematic viewpoint anyways like it starts off 
um, where things are happy and bouncy and everyone's like friendly and hugging and things like that. And then without spoilers, there, there's some twists in the game where you find out like some darker things are happening. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I think it definitely starts from a, uh, from a story. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate, I appreciate that answer. Super, super thoughtful on, on your end for that as yeah. well. <laughs> Um, now is the best time of, of the conversation where I get to give away our, our dice award. Um, again, thank you all for, for being a part of this and for, for spending some time with us today. Um, our, our dice award for the outstanding achievement in animation for this year goes to the last of us two. Thank you so much for being here and, uh, congratulations. Awesome. 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 Yeah, thank you. Congrats guys. Just to point out, it's just an extraordinary honor to be recognized by our peers. This award means just a special amount because of that. Um, it's, you know, just all of our fellow nominees, you guys are incredible. We're huge fans of your work. Uh, making games is hard. I think we all, in our own way, in all our own styles, like really understand that. And none of it would be possible without the passion and dedication of so many different people. And for us, uh, our co-presidents, Evan Wells and Neil Druckmann, the trust that you've given us, the opportunity you give us to push boundaries uh, is so appreciated. Uh, my co-pilots, Almadena, Eric, McCall, I couldn't ask for better partners. Uh, and to our animation team at Naughty Dog and BASG, who poured their heart into every single frame. Like it's so appreciated. Uh, and just, just our whole studio, our engineers, designers, character teams that all work together to, to just allow us to, to do this kind of thing. Uh, our dedicated team of actors and athletes who gave us 100% every single take. Uh, we're so appreciate you. And to our Last of Us community who have our back and encourage us along the way and afterwards you're who we do all this for. Uh, and you give us the fuel to never rest on our laurels and to always try and figure out a way to, to make things better. Uh, and most of all, to our loved ones uh, who provide support and encouragement to us every step of the way. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, thank you all of you for, for being here. Uh, all of you have put in so much time and work into this space. Uh, to make the games that you have made so great so again thank you for being here and uh hopefully we get to do this in in person at some point very very soon the academy of interactive arts and sciences is excited to share that the 2022 dice summit and dice awards will be returning in person to the gorgeous mandalay bay resort and casino and delano hotel in las vegas on february 22nd to 24th 2022 We'll be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the DICE Awards and bringing together industry leaders to share their ideas about the many facets of the interactive entertainment industry. Stay tuned to www.interactive.org and our Twitter, at official underscore AIAS, for more details coming soon, including special anniversary rates. We can't wait to see you again.